happy Tuesday. And I don't know about you guys, but it's a little uh, colder here. We actually finally have some snow coming down here in Colorado. But what we're talking about is actually, I think, kind of pretty hot and interesting. And it's this idea of how do we keep an eye on you know our loved one, our grandmother, our mom, our dad, or somebody we have a little concern with without being invasive. And uh, I know for me, firsthand, my own mom was like, well, how do you do that? And so uh, we've got a fantastic guest who's got an amazing company product stuff that enables us to do this. Um, so stick with us. I'm going to turn it over to Taylor, who's going to kick us off. Today, we have Mr. John Robertson. John is the founder and CEO of Home Accept, and we're excited to have him on. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Francis. Great to be here. Yeah. Will you, will you tell us a little bit about your background, a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my background was uh, primarily has always been in sales, business development, uh, spent most of my career in consumer electronics. Uh, and then uh, basically with Home Accept uh, back in 2016, I was doing some consulting work for a company out of Toronto, went down to the Center for Disease Control to prevent uh, present some infection prevention and control technology. And uh, ended up with a side conversation with one of their policy people who told me about aging in place and the silver tsunami. I had never heard those terms before and told me about the demographic changes and what was coming. So it just became an interest to me of, of going away from that and saying, OK, well, what are some of the problems? What are some of the challenges that are going to be faced with people, more and more people trying to age at home? And became fascinated with monitoring. Um, of course, there is a ton of monitoring types of solutions out there, everything from back in 1975 when the help me, I can't get up button. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? That was yeah. back in 1975. And of course, that personal emergency response device has gone through numerous iterations and, yeah. uh, and lots of new technology, but it's been around for a while to now today. We've got smart watches, we've got smart cameras, smart speakers, we've got fully automated homes that uh, everyone has. So all of that technology for us, it became about, okay, well, what can we do? What technology can we use so that we're not spying, we're not surveilling, uh, we're not, what is the least intrusive way of doing it? Um, so that we could actually pretty much genuinely say, look, this is, this is, as non-intrusive as you can possibly get. And that's definitely interesting because, you know, our first thought is, you know, let's go back to kind of, you know, I've got some young kids yeah. and we've got that baby monitor, right? We're using a camera basically, or, you know, it's, it's Wi-Fi camera now versus, you know, the old school where you just heard the crackle. So I remember, you know, back in the day, you just, you didn't have a video on it. You just heard the crackle of it. Right. Um, but now we've got that video, but at the same time, you know, when we're talking about older adults, it doesn't always make a lot of sense to be using video. I mean, cause they're adults still. I mean, I think that's what we've got to remember, right? They're adults. Absolutely. I, I mean, video has its place. There's going to be a yeah. lot of stuff coming down the road, particularly with uh, machine vision where they take the, the video and are using AI with it. So, but nonetheless, the person on the other end of the camera still feels like it's surveilling them still right. feels like they're being recorded. Right. Yeah. So, it becomes a real barrier to being able to deploy that. But I still remember talking to families when we were developing our product. And one of the, the quotes that jumped out at me was, yeah, 
my nanny doesn't want to be on a nanny cam and I don't want to watch my nanny on a nanny cam. Right. So That's, that wow. really nailed it kind yeah. of goes out, right? People don't want to be, uh, have a, a camera on them. Absolutely. I think it's, I think I would like to just ask you the straight up question. What is home except what, what does it do? How does it work? So what we do is we use sensors, right? So we're all used to uh, sensors that would, can monitor things like the temperature, the humidity, right? Sensors that can move, monitor movement. So yeah, those are some tags that you're seeing there on the screen right now. And inside each one of those tags, there is an environmental sensor, there's an accelerometer, and we also have the ability, those tags will mesh network together. So mm -hmm. the simple fact that they're networked together allows us with things like positioning, that type of thing. So each one of those tags, what we did was we said, look, let's attach those or associate them to an object or a thing in the house that relates to things that are being done every single day. So we know, for example, that mom's going to get in and out of bed, right? We know dad's going to go and use his medication. So in the morning, do I need to look at a camera to know that dad's get, gotten up? No. Oh. All, all I need to know, for example, is that the refrigerator door got opened. And I know mm -hmm. dad's up and around because, hey, the refrigerator door got opened. Right. But the key thing is all of those different types of activities, they all start to evolve over time into a routine. So mom's going to generally should be accessing or opening the medicine cabinet at the same times, every mm. right? Mm -hmm. Mom, she using her walker because she needs to do that to safely be able to get around. Right. If there's a tag on the walker, you know the pattern of usage. Same on her favorite chair, same on the side of her bed, all of those different types of things. So by using the tags and associating with the, with the objects, you start to understand a pattern of life in there. And the other piece of this, and that pattern of life, sorry, one other key component is that we use machine learning or mm -hmm. artificial intelligence mm -hmm. that over a period of time, it starts to learn and understand those patterns and it will surface for you when there are some changes that you need to start to become aware of. That's right? pretty cool. That's yeah. really cool. And then if you have specific concerns, like I, I want to know if mom opens the door uh, between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. That's just something I personally want to know. Mm -hmm. Then you can actually set a notification for that specific scenario and the tag on the door will let you know as soon as that moves, right? That door is opened. So that's wow. yeah. the concept. And, it, and, it, and by using those objects, you're being as least invasive as you possibly can. And the other piece of it that we asked about is, is how much information do we as home accept actually need to know about the person that's being monitored? And we realized that we really, we really don't need to know anything. What we do is we take a mobile phone number from the subscriber, mm -hmm. And we use a, we send them an authentication code. So when they log in the first time or when they up, update, they will get a five factor, like a five digit code, mm -hmm. two factor authentication. And we don't need to know who or where is being monitored. They already know that. They know the context of who is being monitored. They know it's mom's place. 
So we don't even track the IP address or we don't track any personal identif identifying information. If you wanted to connect that information to a third party, like your home care provider or your mm -hmm. pharmacist, then we can make APIs available That's to all cool. that anonymous data right. to be de-anonymized for other healthcare-related um, diagnosis by your doctor or or by your uh, provider. So truly, then there is no. I mean, Home Accept knows nothing other than ones and zeros, basically. I mean, I don't want to make it that simple, but that, that, that's exactly it. So we can take your, we can take your that those sensors, mm -hmm. but it would take the subscriber to actually authorize and say who the that data belongs to. Interesting. Right? So they would actually have to say. Okay, um, it, let's say it, say it was a pharmacy. Okay, mm -hmm. Walgreens or CVS, you, uh, my pharmacist can have access to that. And then they can be able to see the changes in that pattern of life relative to maybe changes in the, someone's medication. And that's really cool because that's always that first couple of weeks of a new medication. How does that make somebody, I mean, just think, I mean, I'm just thinking right now is the different factors that you can use to actually give more I mean, real-time data to how a med new med can impact someone, right? I mean, just I mean, that's really powerful information. Yeah, you can go from someone who um, was regularly opening the fridge and cooking for themselves to mm -hmm. now all of a sudden their meal patterns have changed to even sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Someone getting up numerous times through the night now or going to the bathroom more frequently. And all of those could be related to the side effects of the medication. Right, wow. John, I, I have a question for you around how you include, so so this is all centered around obviously the, the older adult, right? The loved one, the resident, if you will. How do you include them, the families? How do you get everyone together to kind of sign on to something like this as a team? And, and cause what I would feel is, it is a little bit intrusive as an older adult to have these tabs sitting in my home and kind of monitoring my movement. So how have you, how have you used this to include everyone in the care circle? Yeah. So the primary user of this tends to be the fan is the family and the caregiver. Mm -hmm. In many cases for the older adult, it just blends into the background. So it's entirely up to them how much they would want to be involved in this. And certainly they might say, absolutely not. I don't want you to know how many times I, I open my fridge. Right. Right. But <laughs> there can be it, it, the conversation that happens often between families comes down to, okay, well, here are our options. And there's really invasive. And then there's, okay, not so invasive. And then right. they accept. Right. Yeah. And the way we engage the whole family is that the subscriber can add as many guests to the app as they want. So what they would do is they would go into the app, add in a mobile phone number of someone else in the family, and then that, that individual is gonna be able to get the same notifications. So instead of just one individual having to be responsible for all of this, then what they've done, what we've done is said, okay, you can have a team, you can have a circle of care that is actually there to help support the older adult while the age in place. And then when those notifications come in, we've even built a little feature in that allows you to quickly copy the to the just to the clipboard on your phone, quickly, quickly copy all the phone numbers mm 
and paste them into an SMS message. Cool. You then can send off a message so all of you can coordinate care as a group. Now, you might ask, why didn't you just build that into the app? Well, our fear in building uh, messaging inside the app was going to be that people would start to message confidential information. So they might start to put in actually who and where the individual is, uh. start to put in information about their medications. And now all of a sudden, we've, we're transmitting very, very confidential. Yeah, the HIPAA personal PID stuff, yeah. It's just a different category again, right? So yeah. by allowing them just to use their own SMS, uh, so let's say it was iMessage or another encrypted type of, of communication platform, that then works better for them. And, and it's also going to work most likely for whoever else they're communicating with. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah, it, because it may, they make the conscious choice to grab that data and send it out themselves versus a uh, kind of an auto response from your from your system. That makes sense. No, um, I got a we got a great comment here from Alan. I think it kind of plays in what we're talking about. Alan, you know, is very, very timely. Obviously, John, the caregivers are beyond challenge during these COVID times. And I really think, you know, Alan, thanks. Thanks for watching. Listen, I think um, it's not just going to be COVID times. I think we're seeing this shift now. Uh, of we've always known stress of family caregivers or caregivers in general, but now it's up to the forefront and it's only going to get worse. So I think we need solutions like home accept to help, you know, provide more tools, right. To, to de-stress and, and pride. I always say that peace of mind that goes so far, peace of mind. Well, and, and we were very, very conscious with, with uh, COVID. I mean, actually this was in our design even before COVID, right? So, but, one of the, the key things that we wanted to ensure with COVID or with the setup of this is that it was absolutely as simple as possible so right. that we didn't have to go and set up installers. In fact, our first couple of prototypes, the biggest reason why they failed was two things, power and connectivity. So oh. we ensure that the technology, we have the gateway that goes in you plug it straight into the router you don't have to connect it to wi-fi or anything like that just take an ethernet cable plug it into an available port on your router and it's going to self-provision and set itself up that's pretty cool that's actually really cool <laughs> yeah you're, you're dealing with an audience that that can be 85 80 years old 65 all the way down to the daughters and grandchildren of that family you know that's a huge demographic john i wanted to follow up with my on the other side of the spectrum, because um, a lot of my background comes from memory care, uh, Alzheimer's and dementia, and I want to see if there's any been any use cases that you can share with with our audience around using um, home accept in that type of environment, whether they be at home or a facility, and what that might look like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think most of the stories that we get from uh, users tend to be around memory care. So. Hmm. A lot of the times, it's just the simple thing of, that we all forget, right? The, the the everyday things of mom might not have a memory issue, but you can still forget to take your medication on time. Right. There's that that component of it. But in more complex scenarios, uh, one story that I heard was a family that would pop by to see dad every day after work. And they got concerned that he was going out to the mailbox down by the road on a regular basis. So they would, and the mailbox was down by the road. They'd see muddy footprints in the driveway, see some mud on his shoes. And they'd say, dad, if you've been going to the mailbox and say, no, I'm not going out to the mailbox. 
So they put a tag in the mailbox and sure enough, 10, huh. 10 times a day, that mailbox was uh, being accessed. Did you say 10 times a day? 10 times a day. Right. Wow. Interesting. And sometimes less, but I mean, right, right. But this interesting data. So they decided to put a package in the mailbox. So they basically made up a package. They put it in there and uh, he went out one day, got the package, brought it in, opened it up. And the next day the behavior stopped. Now I'm not a memory. I don't know why that happened, but maybe for whatever reason, he was thinking he was expecting something. Yeah. uh, the next day that that pattern stops. So there's an example where you can take this and look at the individual's patterns or behaviors and adjust for them. Another uh, use oh, case was, that's really cool. yeah, the family was thinking that mom was sundowning a lot and uh, that she was up during the night and she wasn't telling them that, but she loved to clean. So what they did was they put a tag on the vacuum hmm. and sure enough, uh, two, three in the morning, vacuum cleaner was going, moving around the house yeah. and they were able to identify that behavior. So the nice thing about the system is that there's hundreds of potential combinations of objects. You can customize it for what's a concern for you today. Right. And it could be completely different tomorrow. Uh, and you may be able to tailor for example, pick up very small changes in someone's routine that could be mild cognitive impairments and could become a leading indicator that would allow you to get a, a diagnosis sooner right. so that you can get faster onto proper care. Yeah. I love that. I was just about to go down that road and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was talking to someone um, who had a family member in a home and, and he said, man, if we just knew a couple of months earlier that this was kind of the road we were going down, we'd be so much more prepared. And his whole message was knowledge is power. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know everything I could about this so I could be the best prepared I could for whatever care my loved one needs. And it sounds like that's something that home except can, can do. It can show you leading indicators for those types of diagnosis. Yeah, I think the, the key thing there is when you say leading indicators, because one of the things that people have a hard time wrapping their heads around is, how do you separate us from the help? Uh, I can't get up button, right? Uh, yeah. So we're not uh, we we're not an emergency response device, right? Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is we're in the preventative space. We're trying to prevent those emergencies from happening in the first place. So there's a big difference between fall detection and fall prevention. Um, and in many cases, for us, it's those types of behaviors, right? That you're that you're looking for to, to identify early so that you can then intervene and mitigate those situations. But the other thing when it comes to emergency response is that our system looks for those patterns and when the pattern is broken, then it's gonna let you know. For example, if someone had a personal emergency response device and left it hanging around the bedpost, well, that's not gonna help them when they fall in the hallway and get stuck. Whereas our system is gonna learn that, hey, there hasn't been any movement in here for the last 20 minutes, and there always is. And at least now you're there helping out or someone's helping out within the hour, as opposed to having the whole day go by. Have you have you had any opportunities to 
to show this data to placement agents or administrators of facilities that are doing assessments of, of people needing care or a higher level of care? We are just starting down that road now so that when you start to look at things like uh, OASIS assessments, as an example, mm -hmm. okay, you maybe you're into a 90-day post-acute type of, uh, of scenario where someone is getting an OASIS assessment done every two weeks, but well, what happens between those OASIS assessments, right? How, what are the trends? So that's exactly the type of thing where we want to take this next is to start to complement that so that there can be that pattern of life data in between those assessments. So now all of a sudden you've got a full 90 days worth of data. You've got both the actual OASIS assessment and then you have got the additional uh, it's completely objective data, no subjectivity in data, right? It's right, yeah, it's right, black, yeah. black and white. Francis, I know you're gonna, you have a question coming up here. I just want to, I want to cap this off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, please, around, no, 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 I think, yeah, no, please. Around looking at the entire person as well, I think it's so important to not only, you know, they were just going to, you can see that behavior of just going to the mailbox, right? But you can also see a behavior of going to the fridge 10 or 12 times in within a couple of hours. You can, but you're looking at, you're starting to look at more of the entire person, the entire behavior, and not just one piece at a time. And I think that is a huge benefit. I, I think it's fantastic because we're finally not just going to get that hour or two assessment, right? That, that some clinician might do. You're going to get maybe months of data, right? Of patterns of, of likes and dislikes that are coming through through data, which Taylor, I think that would only make assessment stronger, right? More valid, give, you know, clinicians and healthcare providers the opportunity to be even more successful, have better care outcomes with, with their patient, their resident, whoever that may be. Um, so yeah, I think it's awesome. And I want to get a question here because this is actually a really good question from Depeche. Um, if I pronounce your name, I'm so sorry. Pronounce it wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, when there are so many use cases of this, why just mainly target to the elderly? Um, so we have to, you're right. I, I mean, we, there are so many use cases. I, I mean, our challenge inside our office, we call it chasing squirrels. <laughs> okay. Right. Because, you know, if you've seen the movie up, it's it, it, yep. that dog when it says squirrel. And yep. <laughs> Shiny objects, flocks of turtles, whatever you want. Yeah. Depeche, you're absolutely right um, in that there are lots of use cases. We will continue to look at other use cases, both in everything from other types of home safety, mm -hmm. but other at-risk groups uh, as well, because there's certainly applications here. We've had one uh, person that uses it for their toddler to know, mm -hmm if they're going in and out of the bedroom and if the front door opens while they're asleep, that type of thing. So someone wander off, um, but also uh, folks that are, are dealing with other types of, uh, of challenges. We've certainly looked at as well at, uh, at mental health related applications. So there is a lot of, uh, of potential opportunity for this type of uh, platform to be able to deliver that non-intrusive data and provide you with preventative insights. That's yeah. And I, I think that's, yeah, I think you basically, I think you could go in too many directions basically is how I look at it. And so you kind of have to at least narrow it down a little bit. Otherwise there's just too much going on is my guess. Yeah. 
you guys know what it's like. I have a real hard time doing that. Like, <laughs> I, I love the blue sky. I love, yeah. and, you know, all, but we've got to try to focus in on, right. on, and that this is sort of our priority challenge right now. And I think I want to touch base here. You know, we're getting close to the end here. I want to touch a little base on the affordability aspect here, the cost, right? Money, because, you know, when you, especially in the States here, US, um, you know, you can spend kind of what you want really, you know, early on or later on. And I think, you know, what I'm gathering from this is this is a very affordable component that also gives you a ton of great data. So you can save that money for if or when you might need it down the road versus spending so much for stuff you think you need almost. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when we initially started to develop the product, we had to spend a lot of time uh, doing an analysis on what is the price sensitivity out there, right? So mm -hmm. for us, when we looked at it, we said, okay, you know what, at, at $45 a month, then you're kind of still even below a, a basic personal emergency response device type system, mm -hmm. and you're providing a lot more. Um, you've also got to be careful that you don't want people looking at it like, oh my God, that's as much as my a, a cell phone or right. uh, those basic things. But certainly what we have found is that, I mean, for us, the, the most important piece is scale, right? So the more of these that we can make accessible, the more data that comes in, even though it's anonymous data, then the better our algorithms get around the objects that people are tracking, the better that ecosystem gets. So I would sooner have millions of data points mm. but, uh, and millions of devices out there than pricing it out of pricing a lot of people out of the market. So that even when you're looking at something like a, a health insurance, so whether it's Medicaid or Medicare, if there is truly a value in here, right, in preventing rehospitalizations, improving outcomes, then $500 a year investment for a, uh, a system like this, where you don't have to cross the privacy hurdle, right? then that is real value uh, to the whole system overall. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. If someone doesn't agree with that, then I think we need to really look at those numbers because um, like Taylor said, going back to Taylor's comment, just the information we're collecting on the whole person the whole day, that is, I think is almost invaluable when it comes to how we provide care at any level, no matter yeah. if it's medical or personal care or whatever in between. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, and that is really what it is. It's that behavioral component, right? It's one thing when we talk about remote patient monitoring, right? Which in the space right now, that's the buzzword because of course, yep. to see the doctor. Yep. But I mean, re remote patient monitoring means, okay, I can take your weight, get your blood pressure maybe, get your blood glucose, get your pulse ox, that kind of information. Well, there's no behavioral information there, right? Mm -hmm. There's not. What, do you, what are you going to, what are you going to do to know if someone's like you said, uh, Taylor earlier, sending, spending seven hours sitting in the chair, right? That type of right. thing. So that right. really uh, can help give you that much more holistic look at the, the individual. Yeah. John, we, I'm going to move on to our next section here. We love to ask all of our guests that we have on the show, who is a maverick? Who do you consider to be a maverick in your life and why? Oh my goodness! You asked me that question uh, the other, the uh, sort of pre. You had, had me actually prepare for it. Yeah, well, that was a bit. Yeah, it's yeah. important one for us. Out of my head as to to what I what I even said, um, but you know, I, I, I I'm going to put the word mavericks. Uh, okay. I'm actually, going to pluralize right, right now because I, I just 
think that the, the frontline caregivers in this space right now, it has been unbelievable. Um, and particularly when you look at the economic impact right now on female caregivers that have had to try to balance caregiving of even of children, their jobs, and their parents. And I mean, that's just a statistical fact that when we look at it, and I mean, they're absolute heroes right now. And in many cases, a lot of them have had to give up jobs because of, of those types of uh, demands. And for those that are, are fighting their way through that, it's um, absolutely unbelievable what they've what they've had to go through. So they're they're the real mavericks out there, I think, right now. I think that's well, well said. said. Yeah, I, yeah, well said. Uh, John, um, uh, you know, huge thank you for for you being here. But what what you know, kind of action do you want our listeners to take? Because we're pretty action based here. So, what would yeah. be kind of that action you want some people to take? Well, I I, I think that uh, I mean, there's a lot of people out there right now that just they just need help, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need some kindness. They need some uh, assistance. This is a really really difficult time uh, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's many folks that are are lucky and if if you're a lucky one help out some folks that are that are have not been uh, as lucky and certainly in the um the caring space for older adults there is a lot of very very vulnerable individuals out there uh, at the moment yeah and anything that you can do within the restrictions of this unfortunate covid reality even if it means going and sitting out on someone's front lawn with a, with a lawn chair, having a conversation with that, them, yeah. right through the window with them. Yeah, that's awesome. Just, just do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that would be, uh, would be completely awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think uh, just Appreciate show it. a little kindness. I love that. Show a little kindness, kindness to each other. Um, and I think that kindness can go a long way. So, so again, wonderful. And, and uh, I'm going to kind of share kind of how people can get in contact with you. So if they want to learn more, they're free to reach out and email you. Um, right. And, and yeah, absolutely. You can email um, directly and uh, myself, my team, we're happy to, to chat with individuals and uh, talk to them about how, uh, how the, the system can help them and, even just listen to their stories. We love to hear uh, hear the stories, and we certainly post a lot of those and feature them on our f- social feeds and things like that as well. Yeah, and we'll uh, have all these in the comments in the show notes. Their website, all that stuff as well too, in our uh, show notes as well as in our comment section, so they can you know link over to your Facebook page, you know social media components as well as your website. So exactly. uh, I, you know, I definitely encourage people to. Go learn a little bit more, you know, kind of get out of your comfort zone. One of my focuses has been for 2021 is be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think we're in that time right now of um, it's time to, you know, kind of get outside of our comfort zone and see what we can learn and and do and impact others in a positive way. So, um, John, I can't thank you enough for taking time to be here and sharing your incredible work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Thank you, Taylor, very much. It was uh, enjoyable. Thank you for the invite. And uh Hope to come back again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely have to get you back on a follow-up update here, you know, a few months to see how things are progressing. So uh, until next week, um, stay healthy, stay safe. And as John said, be kind, do some kindness to, to somebody else. Um, have a great rest of your week.